Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So if you're thirsty and dry, raise your hands to the sky, lifting empty rain. Giving me rain, 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 like a voice of love. In saying you so never will, come and drink up this water. We come before you spear it out. On you, sons and daughters. So if you're thirsty and dry, raise your hands to the sky. If we need to rain, thirsty and dry, raise your hands to the sky. If we need to rain, thirsty and dry, raise your hands to the sky. If we need to rain.
my brother in Jamaica. And uh, I hope that, Crystal, I hope you're feeling better. I hope that you're able to join in with Brother Kareem today. And if not, listening from home if you're too sick. But we're praying for you, for you to get well. And it's wonderful to have Sister Crystal aboard. Good to see our brother in South Korea, our brother and sister and their wonderful young son in South Africa, and our brother in Scotland, and our brother in New York, and others around the world listening right now, and others that will be listening later in the day, uh, because some people have to listen to the recordings because of the limit on their internet data. And some people are not able to listen because it might be two or three or four o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we understand if that is that particular situation. Uh, we praise the Lord Jesus Christ for giving us the ability, a way to uh, fellowship in that. The door is always open if anybody has a song or a testimony or a vision that they need to share, uh, let us know. We can turn on WhatsApp or Telegram or something for you to communicate with us during the live worship services that you can present a song, a worship song, or some instrumental music, or a testimony, or if you have a, a, a dream or a vision that you need to share, you are welcome to participate in the live worship services. This is not uh, meant to be uh, one-sided. It's not meant to be just only myself, but the entire congregation has the opportunity to participate. <clears throat> we are saddened by the absence of certain people that have fallen away, that have chosen their own will and their own way and their own desires over and above the will of the Almighty Alpha and Omega, our Lord, our Master, our King, our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus. Very sad. But it's the reality of the wicked world that we live in. The world is full and overflowing with people that think that they are saved and think that they are highly intelligent and highly wise. They think they have wisdom and discernment and all these things and more. But the evidence says otherwise. Amen. Amen. But that is not going to hinder us. That is not going to stop us from gathering and worshiping, and praising the Lord, and growing in truth, and growing in the center of his will. Amen. Praise God. Let's go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a church, to be one body, to be in unity, with other brothers and sisters around the world that choose to put you first and not their own will. 
our bodies might ache. We may have struggles and temptations and trials and tribulations. But the church, the true church, the true brothers and sisters will choose to obey you, to put you first above everything else, and to grow in your will, to grow in your spirit, to grow in the truth, and to grow in knowledge and wisdom. That is what we want to do, Father. And we ask, Lord, that you realign our hearts and our minds and even our bodies to be in more fulfillment of your will, to be in the center of your will is what we seek, Father. We ask for it, that we may receive it. We ask for your special anointing on this sermon, on this message. We ask for your help and understanding. We ask that you would deliver us from all the deception and Babylonian corruption of our minds and thoughts and beliefs and thinking, that you deliver us from all of that. Give us spiritual eyes and greater spiritual discernment and greater wisdom. Please give us more logic, more common sense, more intelligence and spiritual wisdom and spiritual discernment. Please help our brains, our minds, our bodies become full and complete and whole, wholesome in Christ Jesus. We ask that we may receive and we accept it in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Guys, good to see other people joining us. <clears throat> Let's turn to the book of 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and for the people that are listening for the first time, we're reading from the Alpha and Omega Bible, a restoration of the original scriptures using older manuscripts than what the King James was based upon. This comes from manuscripts such as the Dead Sea Scrolls and other ancient manuscripts that allow us to Restore the Bible to the original writings as much as we're able to using the Greek Septuagint and other manuscripts that Jesus and the apostles used. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 1. We'll give people time to get there. And you're listening to the live worship services of I Saw the Light Ministries coming to you from eastern Tennessee, which is the Appalachian Mountains of the eastern United States of America. We have people listening all around the world, brothers and sisters, members of the church. And um, Brother Hugh, I do need an update from you. You said you was going to check out that location for baptism, and I've not heard back. So please update me about that after the worship services because I'm not able to check my messages until afterwards. So about, I do need an update about that, please, and about whether or not we can move forward tomorrow. Um, we do praise the Lord for Amanda 
and Zimbabwe for her recovery and her healing. It's been a very long journey for Amanda and Brother Meekness and their family there in the capital city of uh, Zimbabwe. Very long journey, but we praise the Lord for the good report that uh, she's talking normally now and walking normally now. Uh, a great recovery that's taken a long time, but the Lord Jesus is faithful. Sometimes the miracles and the healings do not happen overnight or in the snap of a finger. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it is a trial and a test of faith that builds character. Amen. Praise God. And the package, the cure package that we had sent, with medical supplies and food and different supplies, took two or three months to get there, uh, or at least to be processed by the uh, customs. Um, and that's ridiculous, but at least it finally showed up as well, which is a miracle. I had really given up on that package, really didn't think it would show up, really thought it, it had been stolen from the, by the customs officials there, which does happen. But it finally showed up, and they'll be able to pick it up within the next few days. It showed up as far as them notifying that it's there, and they'll be picking that up in the next few days, hopefully. So we praise God for that. So really, two miracles are coming from that family right there. Uh, and other miracles we constantly see uh, in this ministry. We praise Jesus for this. Amen. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, Now we request you, brethren, about the coming of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by spirit or message or letter as if it was from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way, in any way, deceive you. For it is not until the apocalypse, the falling away, comes first. And the man of lawlessness, that we call the Antichrist, is revealed or manifested the son of perdition, or the son of destruction. This particular passage of Scripture is never quoted, ever, or read in the Baptist Church, the Pentecostal Church, uh, Presbyterians, Catholics, Lutherans, Wesleyans, Methodists, and the list goes on and on and on, because it is quite evident what this says, and is very easily understood. About the day of the church being gathered with Christ. It's not coming until the person or the, the spirit that we call the Antichrist, which the Bible actually calls the son of destruction, the son of perdition, the man of lawlessness, until he is manifested to the world, until everybody in the world 
sees the Antichrist claiming to be God, him actually claiming to be God. Until that day occurs, this gathering of the church is not going to happen. And even then, not even on that day, will it not happen? It's just saying that's going to happen first. Amen. This verse powerfully and undeniably proves that the pre-tribulation rapture teaching is a teaching that is a lie. It is a deception. It is not the truth. It is a fairy tale. There is no such thing as a pre-tribulation or before-tribulation rapture. No such thing. And this is not only the only verse that's very clear in that, but other verses as well. But this is a very undeniable, powerful proof against that traditional false doctrine, which is the, the false doctrine of the majority of false Christianity, the false church, which the Revelation chapter 3 calls, or chapter 2 or maybe both, calls the synagogue of Satan, the church of Satan. A lot of people try to use that verse in Revelation 2 and 3 where it says the synagogue of Satan. They try to make that to be the race of the Jewish people. But the word synagogue proves those people wrong because the word synagogue is not a race of people. A word synagogue means a church, a gathering of people. The word synagogue does not, is not specific to a church building. A lot of people think it is. But the word synagogue is not specific to a church building for Jews, but rather it means a gathering of people, a church congregation, a gathering of people. And the Christianity that the world knows, all of those 200 plus denominations of, of traditional Christianity that teaches a three-headed God eternal uh, torment in hell and a pre-tribulation rapture and other fairy tales. These are strange fairy tales that are very weird but yet taught and believed by the majority of people who think that they are saved. It's sad. But it's the reality that we see in this world where the entire world is deceived. Not just the Muslims and the Hindus and the Buddhists and the atheists, but also in addition to those groups, also even the traditional Christians of, uh, I think, over a billion Catholics. Revelation 12 verse 9 tells us that Satan had deceived, is deceiving the entire world. That would definitely include over a billion Catholics and over a billion Muslims and so forth. The entire world. This verse also says something else. 
that one of the first things we're going to see come along with the manifestation of what we call the Antichrist is a falling away, a falling away. Now, in one sense, this verse 3 is speaking of people falling away from the truth when the Antichrist, when the son of perdition, the Assyrian, as it says over and over in the Bible, uh, Isaiah 10 and the book of Michael and I think Hosea and throughout Isaiah, it repeatedly says over and over and over and over, in reference to the end-time son of perdition, the end-time Antichrist, we know that's not the right term, but I'm using the vocabulary of the world. It calls him the Assyrian. does not call him the Russian. does not call him the European or American. But it calls him the Assyrian. That's very easy, the Assyrian. And that would be the... Uh, king of Assyria, which would be the president of Syria today. Now, we have on the website 51 points, and we could really divide that up to well over 100 points, but it's actually 51 categories of points uh, that prove undeniably that the president of Syria is the end-time man of sin, lawlessness, son of perdition, what people call the Antichrist. And it's very important to understand that because we need to know who the arch enemy is, who to warn other people about, because there is prophecy in the Bible. This is right here, a prophecy of that, that fallen angel proclaiming to be God, and people must be warned specifically about who it is and how it's going to occur. It's extremely, extremely, extremely important, and therefore it's also extremely important that people be warned that there's not a pre-tribulation rapture, that they will have to be here for that day and time. They will have to be here for the entire great tribulation. And when people think they're going to be raptured out, then that makes those people dangerously unprepared for the reality that they will have to be living in. It's dangerous for their soul and for their survival, spiritually and physically both, for them to be falling into this pre-tribulation rapture fairy tale that people believe in. It's very important, and it is definitely a salvational message it is a, about what you need to believe about this, what you should not believe about this. People think that when we talk about whether or not there's a preacher and rapture or not, they think this has nothing to do with anybody's salvation. Therefore, we shouldn't argue over it. We shouldn't split hairs, that we shouldn't divide over it, that we shouldn't uh, make a big deal of it. I've heard this over and over and over. But it is a salvational issue, absolutely, because you need to be prepared 
for the the most horrible time that has ever occurred in all of human history, as Jesus said in Matthew 24. It's going to be a very severe period of time. And if you are not mentally, emotionally, and spiritually prepared for that reality, then you will fall away in that day and time. Absolutely. So that's one sense that it's talking about. But recently, we did a sermon about term foreshadowings. Multiple ways things were seen in the earth, things were seen in the world news, such as the New World Order explosion in East Palestine, Ohio, which is a huge foreshadowing and other things we've seen going around the world with the Ukraine and so forth. How there are many foreshadowings, and especially as we go into this particular season of time of Purim and Passover every year, how this is the season of time every year that the strongest foreshadowings occur. Because Purim will be the fulfillment, whatever year, whatever year it occurs, the Purim season, Purim holiday, will be when that fifth seal of the book of Revelation, get seven seals, that fifth seal will be opened up and the great tribulation will begin and the martyrdom of the saints will begin and the and you're going to be here on this earth for this reality of war, World War III and so forth, and great tribulation. And we have to prepare for that on every level. Now, dealing with those foreshadowings, there is a falling away connected with that as well. And that's what we're talking about today. And that's what we're going to now narrow down this sermon to is that Param is associated not only with the future appearance of the Antichrist, and not only with the time of Esther, with the battle between the Jews and the Gentiles in Iran, what, what we now know as Iran, Persia, but also a falling away at the time of the fifth seal, into the tribulation, as well as a falling away leading up to that time, as a foreshadowing of that falling away. So you have the great falling away at that time, but right now we're having falling away as a foreshadowing of that greater time of falling away. And that's what we're seeing occurring. Now, it's already extremely difficult to find anyone willing to accept the truth and to grow in the truth. Very, very, very difficult. Everybody thinks they're saved. Everybody thinks they're smart and wise and intelligent and all these things. But they hate the truth and they're not willing to grow in the truth. That's the reality. That's the bottom. But every time we think that we have found 
a true brother or a true sister. And they start and they're baptized and they listen to the services and they come every week and we're like, yeah, now this person is going to be a true brother. This person will be a true sister. And they stay and then after a few weeks or a few months or one year or two years or whatever, then they reveal themselves as not willing to obey God, not willing to stay in the center of his will, and not willing to grow in knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And therefore, either they leave on, on their own, either they fall away on their own, or else I have to, as the pastor, as the, the caregiver and caretaker of this church, of this ministry, I have to unfortunately push some people away, disfellowship from them, and tell them that they are no longer part of the church because I'm held responsible by God to protect this church, this ministry, and this congregation, and to point out sin and to handle those sins in a strict manner. This is the responsibility of a leader. This is the responsibility of a pastor. It's not just motivational speaking. It's not tickling the ear. It's not just making you feel good all the time. It's not just smiling at you. And it's not just only helping you in your time of need and counseling with you. But it is also when I notice sin, when I notice false doctrine, when I notice laziness, when I notice falling away, when I notice lack of love, when I notice foolishness and other things that go against God's will, it is my duty, it's my responsibility to handle the matter. And many times that includes pushing those people away as even Paul did, as we read about in the Bible that Paul said that he's going to disfellowship from that one man and give that man over to the devil so that man may die in his sins so that he may be saved in the day of the Lord, in the kingdom, in that 100 years that comes after the millennium. That, that man will be saved in that next life, as Jesus called it, the next life. That there will be people saved in that day and time. We have to set strong examples, and we have to be strict when people are showing themselves as being outside of the center of God's will. Now, of course, we would want those people to repent and not have to be pushed away. We would want those people to repent and not fall away. But the reality is that many times they are leaving on their own or I'm having to push them away because of their lack of repentance. And that's the reality of the world we live in. People are very stubborn. People are extremely, extremely, extremely stubborn. 
stiff-necked, not willing to examine themselves. They're always want to point at the finger of blame at me. They always want to say that I'm too strict, I'm too harsh, I'm mean, I'm unreasonable, all this. But the reality is they have refused to examine their own faults, their own sins, their own transgressions. I wouldn't have to be mean if they would examine themselves. I wouldn't have to be mean or get angry or push back at them if they would say to me, Pastor Tim, let me think on this issue. Let me pray about this issue. Let me fast about this issue. Let me examine what you are saying. Instead of what they actually do, of fighting back against me and saying, no, this is the way it is. I'm not even, I'm not even going to consider what you're saying. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it blows my mind how easily people are willing to give up everything that they have gained in Christ Jesus. How they have seen the miracles in this ministry over and over and over and over and over and over, almost every week. And how much truth that they have gained from this ministry and how they have gained a family, a spiritual family, and they could gain it even more if they would reach out more, if they would connect more, which I have begged for repeatedly, if they would reach out more to the other members of the congregation, call them, text them, write them, if they would do that, they would have even closer connections, which I have begged for repeatedly. That they have given up all the multiple things that Jesus has presented unto them because they're too lazy to come to worship services. Or they want to hold on to a silly, false doctrine. And I will give some examples of these. But first, let's go over to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Let's start in verse 10. Matthew 24, verse 10. And at that time, many will fall away. Not a few, but many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will deceive many because the transgression of the law will increase. That's breaking the law will increase. Most people's love will grow cold. But the one who abides or endures or perseveres, 
to the end, that person will be saved. Boy, there's a lot there. There's about four or five sermons right there. There's a lot there. There really is, man. It's not a few that will fall away, but many. And that's what we are seeing. You know, they, the, the Babylonian Christians, they like to try to claim that there's a revival going on right now. There's always a revival. Oh, millions of people getting saved. Millions of people in California, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and across the world, they're getting saved. By huge numbers. Bullcrap. What's occurring is an increase in Babylonian false religion, false doctrines, and so forth, fairy tales. That movie, documentary, whatever it is that came out in the movie theaters recently called, called Jesus Revolution. I have to warn you against that. Because that's basically, you know, trying to get people to think that there's a great movement of God among that ministry and, and traditional Christianity and that people are getting saved and they're doing these great mighty works. But Matthew 7, at the end of that chapter or in the middle of it, somewhere there, Matthew 7, it talks about that in that day of Judgment Day, that it says, it says basically, let's just point over there. Hold your finger right here in Matthew 24. Put a bookmark there. Let's go over there in Matthew 7. Because I, I want you to see it with your own eyes in case you're new to listening to the ministry. I want you to read it with your own eyes. And it says in, um, where does it start, Gerald? Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. And many will say to me on that day, many people, many people, not a few, but many people will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work at transgression of the law, or who or breaking the law. I want to make that more clear, Brother Gerald. Who work at breaking the law. That's how we're going to reword that, translate it to even easier for people that may be struggling with the English language, because this is not just an English Bible or American Bible, but this is a Bible for people in all nations. So we want to make it easier. We want to, it's not watering it down at all. It is making it a translation that is easy to understand. And this is exactly what it means. It means breaking the law. 
God help me, Father, here. The law includes the Ten Commandments. Amen. And that includes the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath day law commandment, fourth commandment, includes not only resting, but gathering together for the sermon, for the worship services. Now, we, in, we have internet broadcasts so that people in all the different nations can listen because the reality is that it's impossible for most people to find a local church that preaches nothing but truth. Impossible for most people. So we have to present an internet broadcast for you everywhere, across the world, because you cannot find a local church anywhere. I've solved for it. I've looked for it over and over and over and could not find it. And Brother Gerald has looked, and other brothers have looked, and other sisters have looked, and we have sincerely looked for anyone else. Can't find it. Can't find it, unfortunately. So we present the live broadcast for you, and you gather with us, and that is a fulfillment of the law. You're, o you're obeying the law. But the thing is, though, the thing is, if you have a true brother or true sister that will accept the same truth, the same doctrine, and follow this ministry and be part of this church, the body of Christ, then you must do that. You must gather with that brother. You must gather with that sister locally. If they are in a reasonable driving distance of a couple of hours or less, then that's what you must do. Because if you don't do that, then that is neglecting, forsaking, the gathering of yourself together with your true brothers and sisters that live in your region. To say that you can stay home and listen over the internet is all you have to do to fulfill that requirement of gathering. It doesn't cut the cake. That means it's not. That is not the truth. If you do have a true brother, if you do have a true sister, then you must gather with them locally if they are close enough to do so. If they can drive to you or if you can drive to them or if you can take the bus or whatever or if you can take the subway or the train or whatever or if you can take a taxi, whatever, that's okay. We normally would not buy or sell or do anything like that on the Sabbath day, on the seventh day of rest. We don't go to the stores. We don't go to the restaurants because we do not want other people working for us on the day of rest. However, if you must pay for public transportation to get to the place where Jesus has set his name, the place where your brother would meet you in that public park, the place where you can gather together, whether it's a church building, whether it's a public park, whether it's somebody's house, wherever it is, 
then that's okay to pay that fee for that public transportation so that you can obey the commandment, and that's an exception to the law. There are exceptions to the law because the law of gathering is much greater than the law of not paying any money out. You're doing it as a, a work for the Lord. And by paying the taxi cab man or paying the, the bus station, that is, oh, that is obedience to God to get yourself to that worship service. There is a certain work that is acceptable on the seventh day. I'm working right now. I'm working right now, and I tell you, this this actually puts a great toll on my body. By the time the sermon is over with, I'm in a very great pain and stiff and everything because I suffer from a lot of arthritis, and I'm getting older, but I don't let that hinder me from doing the work of God, and I don't find any excuse that I can find to hinder me. That there's a lot of people in this world that think that they are saved that will use every excuse in the world. Oh, I don't feel good, I don't feel good, whatever. Now, I understand there's a certain level of sickness that you can stay home. But if it's laziness and you're not sick, then that's not excuse. Laziness is not an acceptable excuse. Oh, I just don't want to go. It's not an acceptable excuse. Oh, I'm tired of going every week. I don't want to go every week. There's no other reason. That's not an acceptable excuse. No excuse is not an excuse. Amen? No excuse is not an excuse. It's ridiculous. And I must apologize to Crystal on the behalf of the entire church and my own personal and heartfelt apology to Crystal because of how Fiona abandoned you, how that she neglected you and, forsook, and forsook you. When Fiona should have been there for you on your first time in attendance for the worship service. Fiona had been accounted to be part of the women's council, which we don't even have to have a women's council, but we did have a women's council of only two women, uh, Fiona and then our sister in Australia. So she had been put in a, in a, a, a job of responsibility and even if she had not even been in that job of responsibility, just as being a sister, she should have been there for you. But she wasn't, and no excuse at all. No excuse at all. Just didn't want to come. Just didn't want to come. That's it. No excuse. No excuse is not an excuse. She should have been there for you. And this was, and this particular time of great opportunity, great opportunity to grow the church, to grow the congregation, and to to neglect 
that opportunity, to forsake that opportunity, to throw that opportunity away, and to neglect a new sister coming into the church. Two different major offenses. In addition to the third major offense also of not obeying the command to gather together with true brothers and sisters locally when that is available. If it's not available, then it's not available. All you, then only thing you can do is gather on the internet. But if it is available, then you're held responsible to do what you can do. We are held responsible, each and every one of us are held responsible for what we can do. If you can't do it, fine. But if you can do it, absolutely, you need to do it. Amen. So three sins, at least three major sins, in what Fiona did. And yet she doesn't think she did anything wrong at all. Nothing. 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 Didn't do anything wrong. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I would expect much more from somebody that had been part of the church for that length of time. It's not like that she's a new person. I would expect so much more from her. Amen? Amen. Now, can we trust her if she was to repent and come back? Now, of course, if she confesses all three sins and any other sins committed, if she confesses every bit of it, yes, we'll take her back. But there will always be that lingering doubt. When is she going to betray us again? Let's just be honest. There will be that lingering doubt. There will be. Because how can we trust someone who has let us down in such a huge way at such a important time, very important time, when the congregation could have been growing, when there's a new sister coming in? Very important time. And coming up so close to Purim and coming up so close to Passover at such an important time to let us down at this time. So that makes me think also about the great falling away in that last 30 days between Purim and Passover of whatever future year that the fifth seal will be opened. That makes me think, you know, who's going to be with us in that day and time that we won't be able to trust? Who will be with us in that day and time that there will be those lingering doubts about? Are they going to betray us? Are they going to fall away at such an important time? If we can't trust them for such important times as right now, then how can we trust them at that important time? We have to be extremely careful who we call brother or sister. Have to be very careful. If you're thinking about baptism, coming in, being part of the church, the true church, you have to first sit down and weigh the cost, as the Bible says. 
Bible says that you must first weigh the cost. Because to be a true follower of Christ is so much more than just praying or just believing or just having faith or just accepting that you're forgiven. So much more than that. Being a true follower of Christ includes denying yourself. That's not denying yourself when you say, well, I just don't want to go. There's no reason. I, I just don't want to go. That's not denying yourself. That's not putting others first. That's not putting God first or the church first or other sisters first or other brothers first. That's putting your own laziness first. And I suspect what's going on really something else, more than laziness, but I won't say. I got a couple of suspicions of what's really, really going on. God knows. I think it's more than laziness. Don't you? Yeah, something more going on there. But God sees everything. You can't hide from him. But here, let's turn back over to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, page 35, verse 10. At that time, many people fall away and betray one another. That's what it was. That's what it was. It was betrayal, hating one another. And the lacking, verse 12, people's love will grow cold. That's exactly what just happened with Fiona, exactly. Because if she had loved, she would have been there for the new sister in Christ. People's love are disappearing. Amen. So there's breaking of the law and the lack of love, which they go hand in hand. Amen. Hand in hand. Keeping the Sabbath is all about love. Love toward God and love for your brothers and sisters. That's the Sabbath. That is the Sabbath. It's about loving God and loving your brothers and sisters. That is what the Sabbath is about. If you have true brothers and sisters, you should want to be there with them to fellowship together. And I understand that when it's only two people, that after a period of time, you can only have so much fellowship. You can only have so much fellowship after you already know everything about each other and you've already said everything you can say and you're tired of watching movies and you're tired of whatever you do on the Sabbath with your brother or sister or whatever. I understand that the fellowship does weaken over time when it's only two people. I understand this. But at the same time, when you see an opportunity to take it from two people to three, and that new person comes in, that would have enriched and it would have resurrected the fellowship to have a new person to talk to, a new sister. And who would not have wanted to be there at that day and time? Amen? If you're a woman, why wouldn't you want to go and meet the new sister? 
I know that our sister in Australia, if she had been given the same opportunity of going to meet a new sister, she would have jumped on that opportunity. Amen. In verse 13, for the one that abides or perseveres until the end, that person will be saved. There's a certain measure of salvation, if you can check the front door next to close. There is certain measure of salvation for us when we are baptized. And when we are baptized, the scriptures and God considers us as a babe in Christ, a baby in Christ. We're young in Christ. We're new in the truth and new in the true church. You may have been in false Christianity all of your life for decades, but that's not being in Christ when you're in false Christianity. The false church, the Sunday churches, that's not being in Christ. That's just being in fake Christianity. But when you finally find the truth and you finally find the true church and you get baptized into the true church, you're getting baptized into Christ Jesus, yes, but you're also getting baptized into his church, absolutely. Amen? And you become part of that body of Christ. You become true brothers and true sisters. And these true brothers and sisters should be more important to you than your physical blood brothers and sisters. Absolutely. We've gone over this over and over and over. How many times have we read that verse where the, the, the mother and brothers of Jesus was at the door saying, I want to see Jesus. I want to see my, my son. I want to see my brother. And the disciples won't let them in. They had to seek permission from Jesus first to let, it, to let his own mama in, to let his own brothers in. They're like, Jesus, they're at the door saying they want to see you. And he's like, who is my mom? Who is my brother? But he that does the will of my father, he is my brother, he is my mom. Amen. Your spiritual family should be more important to you than your own physical brothers and sisters. And if you had a physical bloodline sister or brother, and you had an opportunity to go see them, you would go, right? You wouldn't deny your own brother or sister unless, of course, unless it was wicked or whatever, unless you had to disfellowship from them. But if that wasn't the case, if you had not needed to disfellowship from them, and they came to see you, you would go see them. But how much more so true, how much so much more that you would want to go and see your spiritual brother, your spiritual sister, amen? But this sermon is not just to chastise Fiona into repentance. It's not just that. But it is also a warning for all of us to try to stay in the center of God's will. And I will also speak 
about the sins of Serago and of Wayland, these other people as well. We're going to get to those people as well. I don't want this whole sermon to be only about Tiana. We're going to get to two other people as well. Because there's a great falling away. Amen? There's a lot of people falling away. Left and right, left and right, left and right. And it's not because of the church. It's not because of the truth. Amen? But it's because of laziness, a lack of love, and the breaking of the law. The scriptures tell us the reason, right? Amen. The scriptures tell us about why the falling away is occurring. It doesn't say it's the pastor's fault in any of these verses. It doesn't say because there would be a lack of being a true pastor, even though there is a lack in the world of true pastors, that that's not the reason for the falling away. The Bible tells us the reason for the falling away. So you can't be pointing the fingers at me. Amen? My kitty cat is here listening and watching me preach. He redeemed himself in services. Even my kitty cat, he's a good boy, sitting there watching me. He looks like he's actually paying attention, too. Amen? And you can't even get a human to do that. Cats are more holy than most humans. I will never call it wicked people cat, does it? No, <laughs> no. We've got to endure into the end, it says. Now, measure of salvation, let me get back to that, measure of salvation. We receive a measure of salvation at baptism, and, we're, and the Bible calls us saved at that moment. But because salvation can be lost, because people do fall away, as it says very clearly in many places in the Bible, right? And that proves the once saved, always saved doctrine as also a lie and deception of the false church. Amen? People can fall away. Amen. Absolutely. It says it over and over and over. Amen? But he that endures unto the end, that person will be saved. That means their salvation comes to a full once we are resurrected. So we grow in the measure of salvation. We're supposed to be seeking a larger measure of God's presence in our lives continually. But what's happening is people are actually losing a measure of salvation. Each year, as they get, as they are supposed to be getting older in Christ, wiser in Christ, and closer to Christ, what's actually happening is they're growing farther away from Christ because of their jobs, because of family, because of money, career, education, colleges, universities. And I'll tell you, I got to warn you: the colleges and universities all across the world are nothing but rain-washing facility. I've got to warn you about that because that's the reality. These colleges and universities, they are brainwashing facilities Amen. where they brainwash people and program people to be anti-American, to be anti-NATO, to be anti-Christ, anti-family, and so forth. 
they're anti-white, they're racist. A lot of the colleges or universities, their professors, their teachers are either uh, homosexuals or Freemasons or Catholics or Lutherans or whatever, some type of an evil entity, an evil person. That, that's the majority of those teachers in those colleges and universities. You got to be aware about this. Be careful. Let's go over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. We're going to move on quickly after this one. Hebrews 10. Even though we're going to move on quickly after this one, I cannot leave this verse out because it's very important. Hebrews 10. I'm looking for my glasses and they're on my eyes. That's funny. <laughs> Wearing my glasses and I'm looking for my glasses. Oh, Lord. Praise Jesus. My baby boy. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold very tight the confession onto the confession. Don't you think it should say or something like that? Let us hold very tight the confession onto the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but rather encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Amen. Instead of stop coming to the church services, we should actually want to be there more as the day draws near, as it comes closer and closer to the fulfillment of time, as it becomes closer and closer to the great tribulation. We should be having a greater desire, not less of a desire, but a greater desire to meet with our true brothers and sisters, to support one another, encourage one another, help one another, pray for one another. If you do have a true brother or sister locally, what you need to be doing is laying hands on each other, praying for each other, anointing each other with oil, because the Bible does talk about using oil for anointing. They did that throughout the Old Testament. They did it in the New Testament. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the oil represents the Holy Ghost. And applying that as a symbol to your forehead, and God uses that to actually uh, manifest himself in a greater measure. There's nothing wrong with that, and we need to be doing that, and we need to be anointing ourselves with olive oil and using that on our forehead while we apply it to our forehead and saying, I claim the blood of Christ 
I claim the blood of Jesus over my mind, my body, and my soul. And we need to be anointing our children and our homes, our doors, and our windows against the enemy. We need to be anointing ourselves on a regular basis and our property, our homes, and our children, and our wives, and each other, and our brothers and our sisters. And you don't have to be a pastor to do that. We need to be applying the oil, doing this as part of our spiritual warfare. Amen? Now we know, I think it's in James, that says that if you are sick, that you are to call for the elders of the church to anoint you with oil, okay? And even though I think that's the, there's not a whole lot of other verses that talk about it, about using the oil, but we do have that verse that does let us know that there is a usage of oil that is acceptable, and then from there we can, uh, uh, we can have uh, Jesus the power of the Holy Ghost and and the teachers, the pastors of the church, to fill in the rest of this information for us. We we learn as we grow older in Christ. We learn from the teachers in the church. We learn from the pastors of the church. The Holy Ghost teaches us things. So we're growing as we continue in Christ and as we continue to listen to the sermons and as we continue to fellowship with the brothers and sisters we grow in understanding, amen? And we grow in wisdom, and we grow in common sense, and we grow in intelligence, all these. We do grow in all of these things. But this warns us about falling away. It warns us about uh, not gathering together. And it also puts it in the, the frame or the context of a sin. Verse 26, for if we continue sinning, if we go on sinning, if we continue sinning. So, Brother Gerald, go on equals continue sinning willfully. Willfully, not a mistake, although it is a mistake, but it's not an accident, in other words. It's something that you willfully do. You're, you're just saying, I just don't want to go. Or I refuse to, uh, in the case of Waylon and in the case of Sarago, instead of saying, Pastor, let me think about what you're saying, you're, you're sticking to your guns. You're sticking to what you think you know. You think, you think you're wise. You think you're intelligent, which you're not at all, because your, your doctrines are proven and proven you're otherwise. And, and, and you're sinning willfully. Amen. And having uh, if you sin willfully after having accepted the knowledge of the truth, then there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. In other words, you had the forgiveness of sins. The sacrifice of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, had actually been applied for you. You had accepted the knowledge of the truth, and you had accepted the sacrifice of sins, but because now you choose to sin, you choose to sin, that sacrifice of Christ is no longer applying to you. Right here proves also against the once saved, always saved doctrine. Absolutely. This verse, if you want a proof against once saved, always saved, this is a proof 
that cannot be denied. It is a powerful atomic proof against the once saved, always saved doctrine, as well as John 15, as well as 2 Peter 2, verse 22, as well as uh, 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 Ezekiel, and many other verses throughout the entire Bible. It's over and over and over and over throughout the Bible against once saved, always saved. Absolutely. Amen. But to forsake the assembly, the context is clear. That's what it's talking about, sinning willfully. To fall away from the church, to stop gathering with the church, that is a sinning willfully, neglecting the body of Christ. Falling away from the body of Christ is the same as falling away from Christ Jesus. People think that they can leave this ministry either on their own, or if I push them out, disfellowship from them, in either case, they think that they're still saved. And that's not the truth. Because the body of Christ is the church. And when you are baptized into Christ Jesus, you are baptized into the body of Christ, which is the church, which includes the head, the fingers, the toes, the feet, the little toe, the big toe, every part of the body of Christ as being part of Christ, you are baptized into a church as well as into Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot be saved and not be part of a church. You can't. If you're saved, you have to be part of a church. Whether you attend uh, at a church building or somebody's home makes no difference at all. As long as it is a church that is preaching the truth and nothing but the truth. And I'll tell you, the seven-day Adventists, they're ran mostly by women. A huge, huge, huge number of their pastors are women. Founder was a woman. And it was founded by a woman. So how can you dare? How can you dare go to a seven-day Adventist church, a religion founded by a woman, which is totally contrary to the Holy Scriptures, totally contrary to the Holy Scriptures, totally contrary to the Holy Scriptures. So how dare you choose to go there? That's sinning willfully by going to that church. You're sinning willfully when you go to the Sunday church. You're sinning willfully when you partake in Christmas family gathering. You partaking with the devil and the devil's table when you accept the Christmas gift. When you go to the Easter sunrise service. When you go to the Easter worship service, when you go to the Christmas worship service, when you give out candy on Halloween, when you give out gospel tracts at the door on Halloween night, you're wolfing the door to the devil and smiling at those kids in monster and witchcraft costumes and zombie costumes. That is wolfing the devil to the devil's door, even if you are giving out gospel tracts. Those gospel tracts ain't going to save nobody when they're just going to throw out those gospel tracks in the trash as soon as they get home, maybe on the road side of the road even before they get home. 
because they're there, they're there for candy, and they don't care about the gospel track. They're not even going to read it. It ain't going to save nobody. You're wasting your time. You're opening your door to the devil when you participate in the Halloween custom. Let's move forward. Let's go over to um, 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. Page 235. 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy 4, let's start in uh, verse 1. First Timothy 4, verse 1. Verse 1 says, But the Spirit, uh, I know we changed this word, explicit to it. Not what did we change that to? Um, clearly, clearly says, And there was a second word there, clearly slash something. Specifically. Yeah, specifically. So we did a recent improvement in this verse. So I want you to mark out what it says, applicity, because I can't even say that word. So we'll change it to something that's easier to understand because the Alpha Omega Bible should be easily understood by people that struggle with English, like myself and the Koreans and the Africans and other people around the world that struggled English. And it's, it, I looked it up, and this is exactly what this Greek word means. It is a very correct translation to change it to the word clearly or specifically. So the Spirit clearly or specifically says that in the latter times, the end time, some will fall away. We know it's even many according to other verses. So we need to change some slash meaning. We'll fall away from the faith. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. So right there is another reason, including the breaking of the law, the breaking of the commandments, and the lack of love. It is also because people are paying attention to YouTube and um, many websites, why name websites, other websites, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, here's where I'm going to start getting onto the situation with Wayland, who believes in flat earth, and Serico, that believes that. NATO and America are evil empires and that everything we do is evil. The ever war we have fought has been evil. Now, this is where some people's going to fall away right here and some people's going to stop listening right here and some people's going to turn off the internet right here. Please give me time to address this. We've done sermons before 
and we just uploaded sermon transcripts from some of the very old sermons from previous years, just certain ones, including a sermon that we did about the British Empire, the British imperialism, that British imperialism is not evil. We uploaded that sermon transcript just last night on the brand new page where we're going to put all the sermon or all the sermon transcripts that we're going to make available to people will be on that one page on the website. So that's available now if you want to look for it later after the sermon, make make a note to look for that later. And uh, that was one of the sermons that we did. That wasn't that long ago, I don't think, about British imperialism is not evil, even though a lot of people think it is. A lot of people, especially in Africa and different places, a lot of people think, even the Democrats and people in America and across the world, it's a very popular doctrine. It's a doctrine that's taught across YouTube and a lot of websites that British imperialism, that is the British conquest of African nations in the Middle East and India and so forth, they think that was evil. It was not evil. You have to go back and read the entire Bible. Absolutely. Amen? When you go to college, when you go to universities, like I said, they brainwash you. And a lot of the books written by humans, they brainwash you. When you watch YouTube, it's nothing but brainwashing on YouTube. And they think these people like Sarah Go and Whalen, they think they're so wise, so intelligent. They you know the claim is, well I know the difference between right and wrong. No you don't. Evidently, evidently you don't. If you read the Bible, it starts back there with Ismael and Isaac the war between Ishmael and Isaac, and then the next generation, it was the war between Esau and Jacob. There's something we need to learn from that. It's written for a reason. Amen? These wars between Esau and Jacob and Ishmael and Isaac, that's written for a reason for us to learn something from it. And that is that there is a spiritual war that is being fought along tribal lines. People don't understand this. But the racial war that we're seeing right now, where the Democrat Party in America is very much anti-white, and if they are promoting black supremacy, absolutely, you can't deny this. You cannot deny this. The Biden regime is promoting black supremacy, giving black people all kinds of extra special rights, jobs, careers, college education, um, money, all kinds of benefits and special privileges only for anybody that's not white. And this is the truth. I'm not exaggerating. This is literally the truth. And they've been doing this for decades, but it's gotten a whole lot worse uh, after Biden was illegally installed uh, to seize the White House, to, to seize. It was a coup, absolutely a coup, with Russian and Chinese and Syrian influence. 
Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You cannot deny this if you would look at the evidence. There's evidence that people don't want to look at because it'll prove them wrong. Amen? But there's evidence that the Russian government, as well as the Chinese government, was involved, even the Iranian government, was involved in the election fraud that brought Biden into the seizure as the dictator of the regime that is uh, that has conquered America. Absolutely, there's plenty of evidence of this. Plenty of evidence. People don't understand that NATO has been aggressive against Russia because Russia has been aggressive for decades, centuries, centuries, actually, absolutely, absolutely. They don't understand because there's a lot of evidence and a lot of facts that have been hidden. They've rewritten the history books in schools. You got these professors and teachers that are brainwashing children and brainwashing young adults. And YouTube adding on to that, and websites adding on to that, and books written by men adding on to that. We need to get back to reading the Bible that tells us the reason for this racial war. But we could also look at some of these older books that tells us about uh, the Russian aggression. Why NATO needs to expand, why NATO needs to fight back against Russia, and why Russia is evil. There's plenty of evidence and books about this topic that people don't look at both sides. Whether we're talking about the Sabbath, Christmas, or Easter, the Trinity, or whether we're talking about NATO and Russia, and whether we're talking about flat earth versus a round earth. Whatever we're talking about, it's important to look at both sides of the story objectively with a sincere heart for the truth. And whatever the truth may be, that is what we accept, even if we have to change our thinking. Even if we have to change our beliefs and what we think that we know. Because the truth is the truth and nothing but the truth is the truth. And everything else is a lie of the devil. And every bit of it is a salvational issue. People are like, don't split hairs over this. It's not worth it. Yes, it is worth it. Because if you're on the wrong side, then you're on the devil's side. Amen? If you're on the wrong side, you're on the devil's side. And everybody is marked either by the mark of God or the mark of Satan, the mark of the beast. One or the other. It's already here. It's always been here forever. It's always been here. The mark of the beast is not something you have to wait for. It's already here. It has always been here, even as the Bible says that the, 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 the mystery of lawlessness is already among us. It's already here. Amen. When you look at Ishmael and Isaac, Jacob, and you also you got to look at the tribes. You got to look at the twelve tribes of Israel. You got to look at Joseph, Manasseh, Ephraim. When you read the whole Bible, 
and learn from this, then you see that, there, that there's a spiritual war behind everything. We, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities. There is a spiritual war that is being fought along the tribal lines. And even though we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, the reality is that the flesh and the spirit connect. They do. They do. Amen? Amen. We are made of both flesh and spirit. So we do have this spiritual war between good and evil being fought upon tribal lines. The British Empire was empowered by God Almighty in Jesus' name to come into Africa and the Middle East and India and across the world to, to bring prosperity, to bring food, to bring a knowledge of Christ, even though it was a, a, a lot of false Christianity involved. But nevertheless, the name of Jesus came into those nations. Knowledge of the Holy Scriptures came into those nations. And it was the black people of Africa, their leaders, that sold their own people into slavery and betrayed their own people. It wasn't just white men coming out of a ship capturing people, whoever they saw, left and right. That's not the way it was. That's the way people think it was. But actually it was the black leaders in Africa making business arrangements with the, the white traders, and not only the white traders, but also the Arab traders and other black traders. It wasn't one-sided of only white people buying slaves. It was also... Arab people buying slaves and black people buying slaves all at the same time. That is the reality that's being hid by people. So when we think of British imperialism and the British coming in to buy slaves, then we also must think of how they were being purchased by the, the black leaders selling them to not only the white man, but also to the brown man and to the black man. It was all involved. Everybody was involved. But God gave blessings to Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob, then Manasseh, and Ephraim. And it went down through the generations, and God promises, God's promises to those particular tribes are still present today. The United States of America and the British Empire are huge and powerful, not because we're greedy, not because we have been tyrants of the world, but rather because God gave those nations into our hands. Isn't, is that not what the Bible said? Amen. Amen. Is that not what the Bible says? That the children, the descendants of Cain and Canaan and Cush, and those tribes of the, the children of Noah, that those particular tribes would be servants to the, the other tribes. 
Amen? That was God's command. That was God's hand, God's hand, in who would fight who and who would serve who, who would be the servants, who would be the slaves, who would be the slave masters, who would be the empires of the earth from that day to the end of time. So when you say that NATO and the British Empire in America have been evil tyrants, then you are blaspheming the hand of God, the choices of God, the judgment of God, the blessings of God, everything that God planned and designed and gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then to Manasseh and Ephraim, to the British Empire, to America, to Israel, to the modern nation of Israel that exists right there right now in that land in the Middle East. When you, when you speak evil of these, you speak evil of God's blessings. And you're on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side. You're on Ishmael's side. You're on the side of God and Magog. When you take the side of Russia, when you take the side of uh, Putin, you are on the wrong side. I never thought I would live to see the day that there is a huge, 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 huge number of Americans that take the side of Russia and Putin. I never thought I would see that day. I was ignorant in my youth. I did not realize how wicked people are, how foolish people are, and, and that they would fall and be so gullible to Russian propaganda. And I'm telling you the truth. All this anti-NATO stuff, all this anti-British imperialism, all this anti-American imperialism is propaganda from Russia, from China, from the Muslims, from the Arabs, You're on the wrong side, and you're not on God's side. People think this is not a salvation issue. I shouldn't push people out of the church for it. But the truth is, if you're not on the right side, then you are the enemies of God. And that makes it a salvational issue. And we also have to be careful about who we call brother or sister and who we trust as it gets closer and closer to the Great Tribulation. So these are absolutely issues of where that I do have the authority and the need to push certain people away if they are not willing to grow in knowledge and understanding. Now, I understand that there's so much deception in the world that when you're young in Christ, or just now coming into the truth, that you might have already been deceived because there's so much propaganda. But now that Jesus has brought you into the light, into the truth, you're now held accountable for the teachings, for the truth, for the knowledge of truth, and to be able to grow in the truth. 
if I point something out to you, either in the sermon or over the internet or in chat message or in email, whatever the case may be, if I point something out to you that you're doing wrong or, you're, or that you're believing wrong, that you have uh, embraced a false teaching or a false doctrine or a false way of thinking, if I point this out to you, then you should take the time, instead of resisting me, instead of resisting the chastisement, instead of resisting the correction, you should say, Pastor, send me the proof, send me the evidence, send me some facts, let me study it, let me grow, let me, let me learn, and I, I, I want to learn, I want to grow. And take time to do that in prayer and fasting and research and study with a, a mind and a heart that is sincere to learn. But when you resist me and throw up a wall and say, well, I, I, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, and I know this is right, and, I, and all this crap, when you resist the correction of the pastor, then you're resisting the hand of God. People need to be willing to be corrected. Amen. You don't know it all. Amen. People say, oh, you think you know it all, though. You think you know it all. I hear that all the time. You think you know it all. The reality is, no, I don't know it all. But I have been called into this administration by God. I didn't choose this. God gave it to me. And I've been preaching for 14 or 16 years whatever long time it is since 2007, that's 16 years. I've been preaching for 16 years. So, thank you. So, I do know a little bit of something. Amen? Amen. And although I've been preaching for 16 years, God has been teaching me personally since I was 10 years old. So that's way, 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 way more than 16 years. I started coming into the truth when I was 10 years old. I was copying entire chapters out of the Bible, copying by hand, just copying page, page by page out of the Bible when I was a child without anybody telling me to. That was God. That was God's hand in my life as a, as a youth that God was preparing me to be a Bible publisher, a Bible editor, a, a, a translator of the Bible. Even back when I was a youth, that I was studying the Bible intently and seriously. So I may not know everything, but I'm not a babe in Christ. I'm not new to this. God was showing me the truth about Russia and China before some of you were born. And the wise thing to do, according to the Bible, is take the counsel of the elders, right? We're supposed to take the counsel of our elders, to learn from our elders, to learn from the older men and women, to learn from those that God has put in administration. Amen. Under communism, but you serve the people. Amen. There's all this propaganda. 
against NATO. I, I know that the Ukraine is not saints. I know that the Ukraine are not saints. I know that. I know that the president of the Ukraine is not a saint. I know that. But there's a lot of lies about the Ukraine as well. There are a lot of lies about the Ukraine, lots of lies. A lot of these pictures and videos trying to claim that Ukraine is a Nazi nation. The reality is a lot of those symbols are not Nazi at all, but rather they are pagan symbols, which is still a bad thing. It's still a bad thing. But a lot of those symbols are agent pagan symbols that are present in China and across Europe, not just the Ukraine, but our agent pagan symbols, and you still have a lot of paganism present in Europe, a lot of it. People don't understand that. When I say paganism, I mean uh, cult religions that are not even Christianity, that don't even accept Christ, that are very primitive pagan religions, very, very primitive pagan religions, uh, uh, witchcraft religions. Uh, Druid religions, uh, Noric religions, very ancient religions that are still present to this day across Europe and across the world, all across the world. It's not, it's not restricted to just Europe. You see a lot of it in Mexico and Africa. A lot of the old primitive religions still exist in very huge numbers that people don't understand. But that is not identical with Nazism. They share some of the same symbols, but it is not identical to Nazism. I am not condoning the paganism of the Ukraine, but we have to face the facts and not be bearing false accusations and not embracing lies, straight out lies. The reality is that the president of the Ukraine is a Jew. So it doesn't make any sense to say that he's a Nazi. It doesn't make any sense. That's not logical. It's not logical. You have literally millions of Jews living peacefully in the Ukraine. They're not being gathered up and shipped away on trains. They're not being put into gas ovens. They're not being starved to death. They're not being tortured. They're not being arrested. They're not being persecuted. They're not being martyred. Literally millions of Jews live peacefully in the Ukraine with a Jewish president. It's a Jewish nation. It is not a Nazi nation. Even though there are some Nazis that are present in the nation, just as there are some Nazis present in America, there are some Nazis present in Egypt and across the world in different nations. That doesn't make it a Nazi nation. So facts matter. Facts matter. So like I said, I'm not saying that the Ukraine are saints, but it is not right to say that NATO is a total tyrant and that Russia is completely innocent. I'm not saying the Ukraine is completely innocent. 
But the attitude that a lot of you people have is that Russia and that Putin is a great hero and that Putin is going to save us from the New World Order and that Putin is going to save us from globalism. Bullcrap. Putin is all about globalism. Putin is all about the New World Order. There's a reason that NATO exists. Amen. There is a reason that NATO exists. And that is to defend Europe and America from the Russian aggression, which is very, 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 very real. Praise Jesus. God bless you, Mrs. Harris. God is good. God is good. Praise God. I know that my teachings and my words go against the grain. It goes against a lot of what people have been taught by books and videos and other preachers. I know it. Sometimes the hard, the, the truth is hard to accept because it goes so much against what we believe already, what we think that we know already. But the truth is the truth. Amen. The truth is the truth. And somebody's got to share the truth, even if it offends people. Somebody's got to do it. I encourage people. I've been sharing. Uh, I, I shared an article just the other day, uh, in the last day or two, about the history of Russian aggression. And I'm going to get some more articles and some book recommendations and some video recommendations. And I, I've had some video recommendations in the past to educate people about the Russian aggression. People don't understand that Russia has been trying to overthrow America for centuries, for as long as America has been a nation. There has been communist infiltrators, including especially in the American Civil War. There was a lot of communists involved in that, trying to destroy America. So we're going to come out with an article pretty soon about Abraham Lincoln and how he was a communist. And there was a lot of communist infiltrators in that. And it's going to be hard for some people to accept. But it's going to give you undeniable evidence. Undeniable evidence. And when evidence is undeniable, then we've got to accept it. Amen. Now let's talk about flat earth. We'll be here all day. So flat earth is foolishness. Just put it plain and simple. Let's not just beat around the bush, as the old saying goes. Let's just say it plain and simple. Flat earth is foolishness. It doesn't take much common sense. It doesn't take much logic to embrace the reality that the earth is a globe a round ball in outer space, that the sun is stationary, that the earth rotates around the sun. But what people do is they take Bible scriptures and they twist the words. 
and they twist the context. It is people that don't understand the Bible. It is people that don't have the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ. It is people that don't have much wisdom. They don't have much logic. And to be honest with you, they don't have much common sense. Let's just say it the way it is. I know it might offend some people. But the reality is that not everybody on this earth has the same measure of intelligence. We don't. And it's okay if you have less intelligence to begin with. That's okay. We all have to start somewhere. Not everybody can have the same IQ, and that's okay. That's being an individual. But as you grow older, as a person, as a human being, you should be able to and willing to grow in your level of intelligence and in the knowledge that you have and grow up into a mature person and learn as you go. To learn and learn more and more as you get older. Never be too old to learn something. Amen? Never too old to learn. And when you have embraced a false teaching, and then God brings into your life a true teacher with experience who is an elder that is not a young man anymore, that knows what he's talking about, that the evidence of the miracles prove it, and the evidence of God's empowerment proves it, and the fulfillment of doctrines continually proves it, then the evidence is undeniable. I'm not here to exalt myself, but even the Apostle Paul said that you should follow my example. Amen? Even the Apostle Paul said that. Even the Apostle Paul constantly was telling the people, look at me, look at me, look at me, and this is what I know, and this is what I know, and this is what I know, and this is what the truth is. A, a pastor is supposed to lay it on the line. Amen. I've got on the website the article proving flat earth as wrong is undeniable. I've got on the website how the United States is the um, modern descendant of the tribe of Manasseh, a, a tribe of Israel, that Americans are Israelites, that the British Empire, that they are the descendants of Ephraim, being also, being also one of the 12 tribes of Israel, that the Americans and the British and the British Empire, that these are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Manasseh, Ephraim, and Joseph, that these are the people that have received the blessings and the authority of God Almighty. This is why it is the English-speaking people that have brought the true and correct name of Jesus to the entire earth. Think about that. Think about that. If it wasn't for English-speaking people, the Koreans would still to this day not have any knowledge of the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ Jesus. If it wasn't for the British Empire, and other English-speaking people, there would not be any knowledge of Jesus Christ to the majority of the African people across the world and the Asian people across the world and other people across the world outside of the English language.
God had to start with somebody. God had to choose somebody to be his representatives. And it was that family line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob into Joseph and down into the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim. It is those people that God chose to, to start the salvation, to start the law of God, to start the evangelism, to start the ministry, to start the church, and now embracing Gentiles as our brothers and sisters. We are not a prejudiced church. We have a council of elders, and the council of elders is primarily made of black men. We've got a, a Korean man on the council of elders. There's a Ehab and Moses, both of them Algerians. We've got a brother Meekness in Zimbabwe. We've got brother Kareem in Jamaica. These are all black men and a Korean that's on the council of elders. And only two white men right here that's on the council of elders. So how can you say that we're prejudiced? We are a black church. We are a Gentile church. Amen? We've got more Gentile members than we do white members. Our two largest congregations in Nigeria, around 40 or more members. I need an update, please, from Nigeria. Please update me how many members we have now. Baptized and non-baptized. Give me both numbers, please. Apostle Ehub and Pastor uh, Moses. That's his name, Pastor Moses. That's his real name in Nigeria. Please update me on both congregations, the exact number of baptized and non-baptized uh, people in those congregations. Please update me about that. But those are the two largest congregations of this ministry out there in Nigeria. And we love them very much, and we pay for their rent. We pay for their groceries and, and, and more. And I'm going to stop it right there. We're not supposed to talk about uh, what we do. Amen? I don't do it to be seen. I'm just trying to make a point. Just trying to make a point. Amen. But we love our brothers and sisters that are adopted into the Israelite spiritual family. And they are our true brothers and our true sisters that I cherish more than my real mom and my real brother who I won't even talk to. And that's the truth. NATO has a purpose, and that is to resist the Russian aggression that has been trying to overthrow America for as long as America has been a nation. The Iraqi war, despite what Sarah Goh tried to claim, the Iraqi war, the Korean war, the Vietnam war, these were not America trying to bring about globalization. Not at all. That is false accusation. I don't know where he gets such silliness from. That's a ridiculous statement. Ridiculous. America, when we went into Iraq, had nothing to do with conquering the world. Globalization. What is globalization? Globalization is trying to make a one world new order to conquer all nations, be one government and one leader over the entire earth. Who's going to fulfill that? It's not America. It's not NATO. NATO ain't going to fulfill that. It's going to happen. There will be a new world order. There is a new world order. There will be one government over the entire earth with one leader over the entire earth. Who's going to do that? 
is not going to be an American president. It's not going to be American-dominated uh, dictatorship. It's not. It's not going to be an Israelite or NATO or Europe. It's not going to be a United States of Europe either. That's a false doctrine. Who's going to do it? Who's going to fulfill that prophecy? According to the Bible, it's going to be the Assyrian. It's going to be a revival of the Assyrian Empire, not the European Empire, not the British Empire, not NATO. The Bible tells us who the enemy is going to be along tribal lines. It's going to be the Assyrian. It says it over and over and over. And in cooperation with the Assyrian, it's going to be Gog and Magog versus Russia and China, which God has proven to us powerfully over and over and over and over. It's easily proven beyond a shadow of doubt. So Putin is God in Ezekiel 38. Putin is God in Ezekiel 38. Putin is God in Ezekiel 38. And Putin, in cooperation with the Assyrian, Assad, which they are, best friends, that's the truth, that's the reality, that's easily proven, Gog and the Antichrist conquering NATO and conquering the British Empire in America and Israel, which we're all part of Israel. So that's the fulfillment of globalization. It's not NATO, not America, not American conquest, not Iraqi war, but rather it is Russia. Russia, 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 Russian aggression, Russian aggression, communist aggression against NATO. They are the enemy, not us. I don't understand why people get so caught up that I guess Russian propaganda is definitely, obviously, very powerful. Amen. So we'll continue to share links and videos and we'll do some book recommendations to educate people about the reality of how and what the Russian aggression is and how it's always been here and that that, that is where the enemy lies at. It is absolutely an issue that I must take issue with. That is worthy of this fellowship because I have to be careful who we shake hands with. We have to be careful who we call brother, who we call sister. We have to be careful who we allow in our congregation. I am to be a watchman. I am to guard the church. I am to guard your soul because I am held responsible by Jesus for that responsibility. Okay. I believe that's all I need to say today. And um, Brother Gerald can begin to think of anything he wants to share. And I now open up the chat room for any questions about anything I've said today and the topics that I have shared today. And if you do, type into the chat room. If you are registered and signed in to Mixler, then you can begin, begin chatting on there with me for any questions or comments you may have. But if you do that, I'm only going to accept comments 
that are willing to grow in knowledge and understanding. If you want to debate with me, if you want to criticize me, if you want to attack me, do that somewhere else. You can talk, you contact me through the website. You can email me, whatever. The chat room is for true brothers and sisters that are willing to ask questions and willing to learn. Amen. Now, I do remind you that Perm is Monday and Tuesday. Perm, Monday and Tuesday, two days straight. We'll be having special worship services on Monday morning, the normal time. We always have worship services. Whatever day we have worship services, it's always at the same time. 11 o'clock a.m. morning, Eastern time zone. That's New York time zone. We're not in New York, but I'm saying it's the same time zone as New York. We're actually in uh, the southern United States, the Bible Belt. I'm very uh, proud of that. There's nothing wrong with being proud of your heritage, uh, whatever nation you're from. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but we also have to realize uh, the truth of the matter about uh, who's on God's side, who's not on God's side, and and where the battles are being fought and how, regardless of what nation we come from. I'm, I realize, I understand that America has not been completely innocent. No nation has been completely innocent. But when we went into the Iraqi war, it is because Saddam Hussein had already invaded Kuwait, an American ally, uh, important to the region, important to American oil supply, uh, important to Israel, important to our other allies. Uh, Saddam Hussein had threatened the life of the American president, had threatened the American society, had threatened Americans. He was responsible for terrorism. Uh, and the list goes on and on and on of how Saddam Hussein was not innocent, that how Saddam Hussein was a very wicked man, very wicked tyrant. He was a very wicked man, and America did the right thing. Now, you have all this propaganda, anti-American propaganda, that says we, we never found weapons of war, of mass destruction. That's a lie. We did find it. We did find it. There's plenty of evidence. I saw with my own eyes, when they brought uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction from Iraq into eastern Tennessee, into Oak Ridge, to store whatever nuclear thing. They had nuclear. They had uranium. They was, they was working on building a nuclear bomb. We have evidence of that. We have proof of that. It happened. They did find weapons of mass warfare, mass destruction. It's propaganda when they say they didn't find it. And even some of the so-called Republicans are, are, have embraced onto that propaganda and trying to push that propaganda down people's throat. It's a lie of the devil. They did find weapons of mass destruction that was related to nuclear warfare uh, and as well as chemical warfare and, and so forth. And they're still finding it. They're still, there was so much of it, they're still finding it. So there's plenty of evidence uh, that they did have did have weapons of mass destruction, which it was a United Nations uh, uh, agreement that they was not supposed to have those weapons. 
So there was plenty of reason why America uh, had to go in there and was initially very successful and had God's blessing and anointing upon that because we were extremely successful. Uh, but the problem was that the American administrations became very weak-minded, uh, listening to the wrong advisors uh, that we should turn the government back over to the Iraqi people. And that's ridiculous. Uh, we should have maintained control. We should have maintained control of, of, of Iraq. We should have continued to be the government of Iraq to this very day and never give it back over to the Iraqi people. Because when you do that, that allows it to fall back into the hands of Iran. And Iran has always historically wanted the nation of Iraq. And now Iraq basically is a arm, a province of Iran. It is. And that's only because the American administration became weak-minded. We wasn't wrong by entering into Iraq. We was wrong by giving it up. American conquest is not evil. It's the hand of God. And all these things had to be fulfilled. Amen? All these things had to be fulfilled. God is working out a plan. Brother Gerald, what you got? statement. All right. Those who refuse the blessings of God will see the curses. Amen. Amen. Those that, he said, those that refuse the blessings of God will receive the curses. Even as it says in Isaiah that you have refused uh, the, the waters of Shiloh, therefore I will bring upon you the raging waters of the Assyrian. Amen? We, God has blessed America with power, with authority that we have used. If you don't use the authority that God gives you, then God will take it away. Amen? And that's what we see happening is that God has taken away the American power because we did not fulfill the conquest to the full extent. We saw that in the Bible. God said, go in and destroy those nations. God said, go into those heathen, those pagan nations, and destroy them utterly, every man, woman, and child. In some cases, in some cases, destroy every man and leave them in. Different cases. But every time, the conquest was supposed to be complete. And whenever Israel disobeyed God and was too lenient and did not fulfill the conquest to the full extent, uh, Israel suffered the consequences. And that's what we see happening right now because the conquest was not complete. We suffer the consequences. America has a responsibility to fight evil wherever it exists, whether it's Iraq, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's Korea, wherever it's at. America has always had the responsibility to be the policeman of the world. It is our duty. It is the responsibility as being a tribe of Israel, the tribe of Manasseh, it is our responsibility to conquer evil wherever it exists. That is our responsibility that God gave us. People look at things with human eyes, carnal eyes, and through the eyes of uh, Alex Jones, rather than looking at things through the eyes of Jesus, who is a warrior. Amen? Jesus is a warrior. Jesus is not a pacifist. 
and not all war is evil. I preached about that before. I'd recommend you try to find those sermons because not all war is evil. It's not. War is a necessary part of life, and we actually need more war because that turns boys into men. It turns girls into women. It makes a society strong, a culture strong. Is a necessary part of life to fight evil. If we do not fight them on their land, they will grow bigger and stronger and eventually come and fight us on our land. That's the reality of life. If America does not send their soldiers to fight against Russia, if America does not send their soldiers to Europe, if America does not send their soldiers to wherever across the globe to fight evil where it exists over there, then those dictatorships will grow bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger and eventually come to America and attack us. And that's exactly what we're going to see because of weak Americans, weak-minded Americans, pathicist Americans, Americans that don't want to fight, Americans and so-called Christians that don't want war and don't support NATO and don't support American conquest against other nations and don't support British imperialism, then we're going to see those nations attack us. And this is exactly what's going to happen because we have been too weak. It's a lie when they say that America has been a tyrant. Actually, America has been too weak. We should have conquered more nations and more strongly and more completely. America has been too weak rather than, rather than being a tyrant. And these are very important topics we're talking about because it's very important to be on the right side of history and on the right side of these wars that are really spiritual wars against all the tribes of Israel, against the, the people that God has chosen to be his representatives of the gospel. His, uh, uh, this church is based in America. That's something to think about. Even though we are an international ministry, even though we're all across Africa and Asia and, and Europe and around the world, this church, God's church, is not based in Judea anymore like it used to be in the time of the temple. But God's church is now based in America. Think about that. That's something to think about, something to consider. Amen? What else, Brother Gerald? do encourage you to, uh, if you're able to, as much as you're able to, to have a feast, Monday and Tuesday both, uh, maybe have a pot roast or a meatloaf or something that you normally don't have, something special, and uh, feel free to let us know how you're feasting, what you're eating, take pictures of your feast, take pictures of your food. Hang out some balloons, even if it's you by yourself, even if you're all by yourself and you have no other true brothers and sisters to fellowship with. Get you some balloons and hang them up and some streamers and decorations just to make it feel more festive. 
and get you a special meal. Uh, and I know not everybody is able to uh, afford a, a very huge meal or something too expensive. I understand that. But to the best of your ability, to whatever you can afford, try to have a holiday, Monday and Tuesday. These are not Sabbath command days. These are not days that you have to stay home from work and rest. But they are days that are commanded uh, for worship and uh, of recognition. And they are very important to prophetic fulfillment. Because like I said, Perm, in a future year, whatever year, next year or the year after is what I'm thinking. Either next year or the year after is what I'm thinking, but that's not thus say of the Lord. Uh, but whatever year it happens, it will be Perm, that specific day of Perm, that the uh, abomination of desolation will occur in heaven, not on the Temple Mount. No such thing will occur on the Temple Mount. But in heaven, that's where the abomination of desolation will occur. Please find that article uh, about dates.html on the website I Saw the Light Ministries. I Saw the Light Ministries.com slash dates.html and other articles related to that. You can look up the word abomination of desolation. We have a search box uh, on the bottom of the page. Whenever page on the website is a search feature, I encourage you to use it to look up these different terms, these different keywords, different Bible verses, different topics, different subjects, to find the appropriate article. Uh, and we also, we also just put those transcripts up there that you may also find, because it might take about a week for that search engine to pick up all those brand new transcripts and get those keywords and those search terms to apply toward the transcripts. So it could take some time for the search engine to update itself with the new content. All right, I'm gonna shut this big mouth, big mouth of mine. I appreciate uh, uh, Miss Kim, Miss May, different people that have contributed, and all of you that have contributed, our brother in Scotland, uh, our brother Andrew, we appreciate anybody that contributes even one dime, because we're not about money, we're not trying to get rich, but we, knew, we do need brand new Bibles for the entire Algerian congregation, both congregations. All of them need new updated Bibles. That's like 40 Bibles uh, that we need to print in secret because in Algeria, uh, it's against the law to have a Christian Bible. So we have to print those in secret, uh, a secret operation, which we've done before and we'll do again. And we've got to get the money for that. We also need to get Bibles to Australia and uh, other places around the world. There's, all, there's several nations, Scotland, uh, South Africa, uh, a long list of, of people that need brand new updated Bibles. So we appreciate the people that contribute into the ministry financially. We appreciate your prayers and your support. We appreciate you listening to the sermon and having patience with me. I, I know I'm a very long-winded preacher. When is he going to shut up? But there's so much to 
say, so much to say, so much to teach. So thank you for your patience with me. I see you Monday. We're going to have special worship services on Monday. We're not going to do both days as far as preaching. But I encourage you to celebrate both days, Monday and Tuesday. But we're going to have worship services only on Monday. Okay? And then I'll see you then. Until then, God bless all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.